Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. I hope you enjoy this week's message. Listen, I hope you guys are doing well. I've been talking about whatever it takes, uh, doing whatever it takes to to get to that next level, doing whatever it takes. And we've went through topics uh, called whatever it takes to, and then boom. And like one of those topics was marriage, whatever it takes to have a great marriage. Uh, and we went through that and we talked about that. The other one was uh, whatever it takes to begin to trust again. Some of us have situations where we um, don't trust other people or uh, we don't trust situations and we need to really work on that because that's not the life. I want you to hear this. Not trusting other people is not the life that God wants you to live. All right? I'm just telling you, it's not the life uh, that God wants you to live. And so we talked about trusting others. We actually talked about, you know, following closer to Christ. Uh, we did that last week. Um, how do we follow closer to Christ? Today's message kind of, it kind of weaves in and out of all of those. All right. And so I want to read from you Ephesians chapter four, uh, verses one through three. Get your Bibles out if you don't have them out yet. Turn to Ephesians chapter four. Now, Ephesians chapter four, this whole section that I'm going to read from, we're only going to read the first three verses. But the whole section that I'm going to turn from, it all, it all centers around living life like Christ. Are you with me? So what Paul is saying here, he's saying this. If you want to live life like Christ, then this is what you need to do. All right. So he's giving you instruction here. And it starts in verse one and it says this. Therefore, now whenever you see, whenever you see a text in the word that says, therefore, don't start reading the rest of the text unless you've read the chapter before. All right. So and some people always say it like this. There's there. You want to ask, what is that there for? All right. What is that there for? So go back. And what we're going to see is, is we see Paul discussing spiritual growth and he's discussing all that God has done for you in spiritual growth. And so, because, what is what we start out here, therefore, so he's saying, because of everything that God's done for you to grow you spiritually, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And then it says this, and these are very difficult words to hear oftentimes, always be humble and gentle. And then here it is, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults. And why is that? Well, it's because of your love. And verse three says this, make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. Let's pray over those verses. God, we just want to open up your text today and learn from you. God, my prayer is, is that, you would, that, that, that you would open up our hearts and let us learn and grow. God, today's message is one that we all need to hear, including me, God, even the one that, that you're using to tell it, including myself. We need to hear this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, whatever it takes 
to develop patience. How many people are very sad that they came today after hearing the title of the message? How many people don't want to develop patience because they're sick of everyone around them and there's no reason, right? Are you guys, are you guys, are you guys, you chiming with me here? Whatever it takes to develop patience. Let me tell you what patience, the definition of patience. As we look at this in the text, the word that the word patience is used for, there's two of them. It's long spiritness. So what it means is, is that having a spiritual attitude in a long drawn out way toward a situation. Are you with me? Having a spiritual attitude in a long drawn out way toward a situation. It means this, not getting ticked off every five minutes because someone's not doing something the way you want it. All right, it means that. That's what it means. Long spiritness. It means when you pray that God would give you patience. And if you do that, get ready. Uh, but when you pray that God would give you patience, that you wouldn't, you would, you would develop over time a long spiritness. Okay, you would be spiritual about that topic, about that person, about that event, and you would be patient in a long way. Now, it's not long suffering. It's long spiritness. And the other one that they use for this word is a calmness of spirit. A calmness of spirit. So having, having long spiritedness and having a calmness of spirit, whatever it takes to develop patience. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I hate it when other people don't do things the way it should be done. I hate it. When people don't do things the way it should be done, and by the way, the way it should be done is obviously the way I do it. All right? The way I do it is the way it should be done. And it really ticks me off when people, they don't know any better for some reason, but they don't do it the way it should be done, which is the way I do it. All right? I can't stand that. Is there anybody else with me? Can you guys, you know what I'm saying? The people, we know, I don't know why, you know, I, at one point I was like, doesn't everyone, I literally said this to myself when I was in my early 20s, and I want to preface the early 20s part because it shows my ignorance. I thought, doesn't everyone know that this is the right way to do it? Do you know what stopped me from doing that anymore? Marriage. Marriage. I've told this story before, but I'll tell you, the first week and a half I got married, I learned that I had been folding towels the wrong way for my adult life. I had been folding towels and doing laundry the wrong way my adult life. I didn't realize that you don't do the four-corner method on the towels, that you do the fold-over. And I was told that because I folded the towels up the way I always do and put them in the little the laundry area. And I found my lovely, beautiful, awesome, encouraging bride sitting on the floor of the bathroom, refolding all of the towels. And I walked in and I said, hey, what are you, uh, what are you doing? And she said, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just folding the towels. I said, I folded the towels. Did you not? What do you mean? I, I folded the towels. The towels are folded. I didn't just throw them in there. Yeah, but... And Wendy's not, you know, she's always been really sweet. She's not very, she goes, yeah, but you did it wrong. 
And I was like, what do you mean I did it wrong? And she started to explain to me why there's more room left when you fold it the way she folds it. 23 years later, we're still folding the towels the way she wants it, right? Patience, that's how I learned it. Patience, whatever it takes to develop patience. Patience with others is the first thing I want to talk to you about. Developing patience with others. You know, I want to tell the story. This is an incredible story. Man, my brother, my oldest brother, Jimmy, his parenting skills were at best sketchy. All right? I mean, they were sketchy. I mean, listen, he would bring this little brat around. And this kid, I mean, he's a little bitty kid. This kid, he would tear up stuff. He would go all over the place. And man, I sit there and I was like, why doesn't he watch his stupid kid? Why doesn't he, you know, I would think to myself. And then after Wendy and I got married, we were like, man, let me tell you something. There ain't no way, there ain't no way we're going to do that. There ain't no way we're going to do that. And then we had a kid. We had a kid then, and guess what I did? As soon as my son turned two, all right, some people have the terrible twos. We had the terrible one and a half, two, two and a half, three, four, five, six. We're up to the terrible 16s. I'll let you know about 18, all right? We literally had the terrible lots, whatever, the terrible childhood. I mean, I'm telling you, man, it was like all over the place, and I promise you, I did this. I called my brother one day. I said, hey, is uh, your wife there, Melinda there? He said, yeah, yeah, what's up? I said, put me on speakerphone. He said, hey, what's going on? Is something going on or is something wrong? I said, no, I just want to tell you that I'm an idiot. And he was like, what what do you mean you're an idiot? I said, way a long time ago, I tried to tell you how to parent a kid. And all of a sudden, they both started busting out laughing. (laughs) You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. We never know what other people are going through until oftentimes we experience that. And when we experience that, it's like, oh my gosh. You know, what's the, this is amazing that happens, especially in churches a lot. We have some people that aren't patient with other people. And here's the crazy part. They're not patient with other people until they start going through the same thing that that other person went through. And when they start going through what the other persons went through, all of a sudden they understand and they develop patience. You guys know I like to write my sermons on on Thursday. I usually write them on Thursday at Chick-fil-A. And I've got my own little space there. And sometimes people come by and take creepy pictures of me in Chick-fil-A. I don't know what that's all about, but a couple of weeks ago I was sitting there and I looked online and I was tagged in a post and I was like, that's me sitting here writing a sermon. Anyway, so, but I like doing that. Well, this, you know, this past week, it was uh, a little crazy, uh, to say the very least, because, of course, of winter break, right? And I usually go in there and put my little headphones in, and I'll be sitting there writing, but I'm telling you, it was chaotic. Whenever the noise in your headphones, the, 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 the noise reduction in your headphones, whenever it can't keep out the craziness, I mean, all I was thinking was, was just give those stupid kids some ice cream and get out of my life. All right, I'm trying to write about patience here, you morons. Do you guys not understand that I'm trying to have a spiritual moment right here and I can't do it because your kids are running all over the place. 
And what I love is, is I, love the, I love the parent that sits in the very, very back. And look, and I, I'm not faulting anybody, but there was a bunch of seats up by the play area. I'm just saying. But they sit in the very, very back behind me. And then their kids run straight up past all the people, past everybody, right through the checkout line, all the way up through there. They put their hands on everything going, by the way, and they run into the play area for three seconds. And then they run back barefooted, gross. They run back all the way back through, and they do this over and over and over and over and over again. And I was sitting there thinking, man... Where are these three kids' parent? And so I slowly turned around. This mom looked like she had just been through war. She was sitting in the back. Had Chick-fil-A served alcoholic beverages, she would have had three by this time. Her hair was kind of messed up, and she just kind of went through. And I was like, man, that lady is going through it today. And all I could read in her face was, was, Monday can't get here quick enough, and we're getting babysitters for the summer. I mean, that's all I read. That's what I read. And I started like, gosh, man, I have no idea what this lady's going through. This poor lady, she's doing the best she can do. Oftentimes, we don't, we don't take that into consideration. We don't. We don't take that into consideration. You know, it's funny, and uh, this, is a, this is something that Wendy and I have done before. Uh, when you're a new parent, do you remember those times whenever you got by yourself, like you went out to dinner by yourself and the kids stayed home with a babysitter or when you when you went to like you would have someone come over or you had someone watching the kid and and you would go to the store I want to tell you guys to do this you're going to die when I tell you to do this you guys go to Walmart next time you're in Walmart or Target you look at the faces of the people that don't have their kids with them the younger people that don't have their kids with them look at their faces and then compare it to the faces of the people that actually have their kids with them do that you know what you're going to see? The people that have their kids with them, it's going to be gloom, despair, and agony on me. And I'm getting ready to choke someone out immediately on aisle four. All right? The people that don't have their kids with them, they're walking through going, hey, it's all good, man. It's all great. I mean, it's like, hey, honey, how are you doing? Everybody, you know what I mean? But the focus, we have no idea what other people are going through. We have no idea what other people are going through. And I want you to understand something. What you're not patient with someone else about oftentimes is what frustrates you about you. Are you with me? What you're, what you're not patient with other people about is what oftentimes will frustrate you about you. It is. Oftentimes, we, will, we haven't walked a road with those people. And oftentimes, we will get frustrated with people. And it's because of something that we have within ourselves that doesn't allow us. Now, I got to be honest with you. A lot of times, and there's a cool scripture in Colossians. I think Lynn's got this, Colossians chapter 3. It says this. It says, uh, Colossians chapter 3. Do we have that, Lynn? Did I put that? Okay. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you and you must forgive others. Now, let me say something. You may think, well, gosh, man, what does this have to do with, with, with patience? Well, let me tell you what it has to do with patience. The scripture here, the scripture here in Colossians is about a church. And I'm going to be completely transparent with you. They're getting on each other's nerves. All right. The church in Colossians is getting on each other's nerves. And so what Paul's saying here is this. Hey, listen, I know you guys are getting on each other's nerves, but I want you. I want you, if at all possible, I want you. To, to give the person the break. Have a little more patience with that person. 
Have a little more patience with that. Hey, listen, we can learn a lot from that in our church. We can learn a lot from that in our relationships, in our marriage, in our worker, in our, in our, with our coworkers. Oftentimes what we do is, guys, whenever we're looking at other people, is we, we end up assuming, and this is something we all do, by the way, we end up assuming that everyone that we're around was raised the exact same way that we were. All right. And so our our anticipation of how they're going to behave or how they're what they're going to like or what they're going to do, that whole thing we have set up in our minds, that whole thing we try to put onto them. And when they don't act the way we think they should act or it takes them longer to do something that we thought it should take, we get very impatient with them. Listen, it's it's why everyone always says the first year of marriage is the hardest. And everyone always says, well, our first year was the best. And I say, bull crap. No, it wasn't. It just wasn't because you had to learn all these things. I had to learn that if I wasn't, if that Wendy wasn't going to say anything to me, if, if my clothes were on the opposite side of the bed, tucked in where she couldn't see them, I had to make sure they were on that side where when she just kind of glanced, she couldn't see them, right? I had to make sure of that. I had to make sure that there, and she had to make sure there were certain things. It's funny, right now, my nephew, my nephew got married a couple of years back, and we were talking to his, we were talking to his, uh, his, his wife, and my nephew is OCD, all right? He's a lot like me. I, I, I'm, I'm down with OCD. You guys, I'm down with OCD. Uh, I, I have OCD, and, uh, and so I'm kind of obsessed about little things here and there, and so my nephew's this way times a million, all right, my nephew is. And he drives his wife, Callie, crazy. He does. Uh, and I'll never forget, she told the story. She said, well, we're trying to hang up. We're trying to hang up this blind. And he's hung it up, and it's not perfect. And she said, but at 1230 at night, I had to decide it was time to go to bed. And I went to bed, and he got mad because it wasn't perfect. And I said, yeah. And she said, and so the next morning, we had to have a discussion about sleep needs and sleep patterns for each other. And so what she was doing was this, hey, listen, I'm going to be patient with you, but there comes a time when it's like, hey, let's go ahead, and I need you to be patient with me and my needs. It's a give or take. Are you with me? We can't assume that everyone was raised the same way we were. We can't take our expectations and place them on someone else. And I want to tell you this. Oftentimes, especially in marriage, what ends up happening is, is that one person or the other will have in their brain how something's going to go. And when it doesn't go that way, they have played it out in their minds how something's going to go. And when it doesn't go that way, man, they fly off the handle. They get ticked off. They get so impatient with people. They get so frustrated, especially if it's something that's happened over and over and over and over again. Are you with me? The thing that frustrates people the most is when one person may be struggling with something and they do it over and over and over again. And you're like, man, this, is never, this guy's never going to change. This lady's never going to change. I want to tell you something. God is asking you in that situation to be long-spirited. Are you with me? To be long-spirited and develop patience for other people. We live in a I want it all and I want it now attitude. We do. We live in an I want it all and I want it right now. People need to change right now. I don't know why you're still dealing with this. It needs to be right now, right now, right now. If you don't believe me, let the internet go out at your house if you have teenagers. Let the internet go. Listen, when the internet goes out at our house, our kids kind of walk around like zombies going, we don't know what to do. Oh my gosh. They walk around like they're lost. Like, you know, it's like, who is this person that just erupted from this room? You know what I'm saying? Uh, the only, you know, we can get Blake out of the room really quick if the internet will go down. 
Uh, is the internet down? What's going on? What's going on here? Is there, yeah, there's not an issue. Just be patient. Be patient. We need to have that same patience that we want from others. We need to have that with other people. We really do. Here's the second one. It's patience with yourself. All right? It's patience with yourself. Do you know who the worst critic of you is? It's you. You are the worst critic of you. I want you to know this. Oftentimes, you will say things to yourself that if someone else said them to you, you would get really angry with them. You are your worst critic of you. Here's what I want you to know. You guys, this journey that you're on called life, this spiritual journey that you're on called a God-centered, God-focused, and a God-oriented, and a God-ordained life, you need to know that it's a process. It's a process. Things that you want to tackle, they're a process. God knows that. And I want you to know something else. People that deeply care about you, they know that too. Are you with me? People that deeply care about that, they know that the people that care, that care about you, they know that too. God knows it and they know it. And what I want you to understand is, is that you need to embrace that about yourself. Now, that doesn't mean that you can live however. Listen, deep down, you know deep in your heart whether or not, you know deep in your heart whether or not you're doing the right thing and you're leading up, you're living up to what God's called you to do. But I'm going to tell you something. Oftentimes, we are too hard on ourselves. And do you know, do you know who are the hardest critics on themselves? Women. Women are the hardest critics on themselves. I've spoken to a lot of, a lot of ladies, including my own wife, and it seems like that there's some kind of unspoken standard that you ladies are trying to live up to that only you have set. Are you with me? Like, it's like you all, ladies all got together and said, hey, let's be hypercritical of each other. Let's make sure that there's some kind of unspoken standard that we're supposed to live up to that doesn't exist. And that's a lie from the enemy. It doesn't exist. There's no standard that exists in that. It's that standard to try, you know, to try and be the perfect wife. It's that standard to try to be the perfect mom. It's that standard to try to be the perfect friend. It's that standard to try to have the perfect looks or to be the perfect weight or to wear the perfect clothes or to have the perfect attitude. And I want to tell you right now, I am glad I'm a dude because I don't want all that at all. I do good getting dressed, much less picking out clothes that go together. All right. I really do. And I like a cheeseburger or three. Okay. So I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not a dude. I want to tell you something, ladies. I want to give you some, I mean, I'm glad I am a dude. I just looked at, I love it. That's actually the next point. I need to talk to you guys about something. No. I, know, I knew I'd mess up when I looked over at Wendy and she went, you are a dude. So, and Wendy is glad that I am a dude. All right. All right. So I'm sorry, you guys. Uh, that's funny. I'll have to edit that out on the Facebook Live. Thanks. I'm just kidding. Uh, listen, ladies, I do, in all honesty, I want to tell you guys something. Give yourself a break. 
Would you do that? Would you give yourself a break? And men, if you're here and you're putting all kinds of undue pressure on your wife, you need to look in the mirror. And if you don't want to do that, let me know. I'll help you out. All right, we can, you and I can have a conversation. I was like, look, bro, you got hair coming out of your ears. You look like, you know, Gomer Pyle in here. Okay, come on. Now, you're pretty lucky. Give yourself a break, ladies. God has this. And God loves you. He loves you enough. He does. And he wants to be part of your life. And he loves you just the way you are. And he wants to walk through the process with you. He wants to walk through the process with you. That he wants you to change. Some of us are trying to change things in our life that God doesn't necessarily want us to change. Some of us are putting things on the, on the front burner that need to be on the back burner because it's not a God issue. It's a you issue. Make things that are God issues first. And, and the scripture says this, and all of these things will be added to you. All of these things will fall in the line. All of these things will happen. Will it be everything you want? Probably not, but it'll be what God wants you to have. And I want you to know that. The final thing is this, and it includes exactly what I just said. We need to develop patience with God. Psalm 40, verse 1 says, I waited, it basically says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. I can tell you what most of us want to hear. We want to hear this. We want to hear, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he immediately, the minute I said amen, the second I said amen, he immediately told me what it was that he wanted me to do. What it was that he wanted me, what direction he wanted me to go. That's what we want from God. We want to be able to say, Lord, here's what I'm going to pray about. And then right after, we want to say Okay, what's the answer? And then we talk to our friends two days later and say, gosh, I've been praying about it for like two days. I don't know what God's deal is. But here's what I want you to know. James says in the the book of James, and we went through it, James says that when we face these trials of life, that God doesn't just throw those out, that he uses those to help us persevere. He uses those to help us become more patient. He uses those to help mold and help shape and help guide you. And I want to tell you in my own life, I don't know if this is true for you, but every experience that I've went through, every great experience and every hard experience, God has used to mold me and to shape me and to guide me and to teach me. He's done those things. He's done all of those things. He's used, he hasn't let anything go to waste. Nothing. You know, we were up, we were up in, uh, this morning at 4. I don't know if you guys were up, but I was up because the tornado sirens are going off. And we got an alert on our phones. And so we had to get in a closet because it was kind of near us. And I was sitting there as I was, I was kind of watching out the window. And uh, I was thinking, God, you know, no matter what happens in this situation, I want you to know that I trust you. No matter what happens, I trust you. I trust you, God. Where did that come from? It's because I'm super spiritual. No, nothing to do with it. It's that 20 years ago, he showed that I could trust him whenever the first tornado came through our life, literally. So, you know, it's something that he used. He used for his own glory, for me to draw closer to him. And he's going to do the same thing with you. And I want you to know this. Patience and trust 
go hand in hand. I want you to hear that. Patience and trust go hand in hand. They do. Patience and trust go hand in hand. If you're going to put something today about this sermon, you need to put that. Patience and trust go hand in hand. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to be patient with God without fully trusting Him. It is. It's very difficult to trust God without being patient with Him. It's, it is. It, it very much so is. Because we've set ourselves on a time frame of when it should happen, how it should happen, and all those kind of things. And what, one of the biggest areas that this occurs, and I'll close with this, one of the biggest areas this occurs, if, especially you guys, your parents, is when you're parenting a kid. When you're parenting a kid and you're saying you trust God and you're leaning in, I'm talking about really leaning in and you've been leaning in for four or five, six months, eight months, a year, and things don't look as good as they should, things don't look great, and you, you continue to lean in, at some point you just got to trust him and you got to be patient that he's going to do what he says he'll do. You need to lean into that scripture, lean into that word, be literally, be long-spirited and allow that to occur because even when things start to look bad, God says that he will honor, he will honor the prayers of his people. He will honor those things. And oftentimes we lack trust. And because we lack trust, we also lack patience because we want it now. We want things right now. Here's the final thing I want you to know about God and about patience, about patience with yourself, about patience with other people. It's basically this. Sometimes you guys, you got to gut it out. Sometimes you have to gut it out. You know what gut it out means? Gutted out means that sometimes, even though everything within you is feeling impatient, you've got to do nothing. Even though everything within you is wanting to make a move, you've got to do nothing because you haven't got that answer yet. Even though everything within you is wanting to do something that you know you're probably going to regret later on, you've got to do nothing. And it's those times, it's those times where you just have to gut it out. You have to gut it out. You just have to do it. At the end of every football practice, uh, I would have to gut it out. And I had a gut, and I would gut it out. <laughs> uh, we, we would have to do these things. I call them running the lines from Satan. All right, it's what they were. But we'd had to run lines. We'd get on the very end, and we would start running 50 yards across, and then go up five, and then 50 yards across. And we did this all the way down. All the way down. Now, for some of those quarterback types that they were all cool and had all the cool chicks and all that stuff, that was easy for them, okay? They would be done. They would be done getting a drink, getting dressed, and getting in their car to leave, and I would still be on the 50-yard line, okay? I mean, it was rough going back and forth. But some of those times, you just had to gut it out at the end. You had to gut it out at the end because I want to tell you something. You know what was most meaningful for me whenever I finally finished? When I finally finished and I was finally done. Sometimes, guys, in life, even when it deals with patience, sometimes, sometimes you just got to be patient, wait, and you have to gut it out. There's not always going to be a bow. You know, I, I, I'm not a, I, I like Christian movies okay. I really do. I'm not knocking them. But oftentimes Christian movies will put a bow, a real little red bow, and make everything packaged right. And I don't know about you, but that's not how my life has ever been. My life has never had a, a red bow tied on the top of it. There usually is something that I'm having to gut out that's a little more difficult than some of the movies can, and, can say. And I know probably the same is true for you. Do this, you guys. Develop patience with people. Learn to develop patience with people. I promise you it will make you a better person, and it will make you, it will make you someone who five years from now you won't recognize yourself. You'll be like, gosh, man, I've grown so much. I, I, I really have. I can see it. 
And it's really cool when you can look and see what God has done. That's a cool thing, isn't it? Let me pray for you. Lord God, I'm so glad I'm a dude. Lord God, thank you so much. Thank you so much, God, for who you are. Lord, thank you for the people that, that listened today. And thank you so much for their, uh, just their heart to come and to worship you. Lord, my prayer today is, is that we would develop patience with other people, with God, and with ourselves. Let us be patient with other people, with God, and ourself. And let us not grow weary of doing the right thing. Because your word says that in the end, we will reap a harvest when we do that. That's who we want to be, God. We want to be people that are seen by our gift of being patient with other people. It's in the strong and mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Let's stand up and let's sing a final worship song. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless, and remember to love God, love others, and live real.